Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. today is that most of us are trying to find I would say what what I would say would be the sweet spot around culture and today I have uh, a subject matter expert on that Hema Crockett and uh, Hema has done um, a lot of amazing work um, in lots of realms around culture Uh, she is she calls herself a recovering HR executive. So that I want to talk about. And uh, Hema has uh, recently uh, written two books, uh, one around designing exceptional cultures, and that was released in February, and soon to be released, The Everyday Leader. Um, And she lives in San Diego with her husband. So Hema, thanks so much for coming on today. Roxanne, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. So let's talk a little bit about um, now, and Hema also owns a uh, HR, uh, I would say it's not an HR consulting firm, but it's a recruitment firm for um, some HR capacity, but also a lot of coaching and it's called Gig Talent. So let's talk a little bit about kind of your path and what brings you to here today and uh, doing the kind of work that you do, Hema. Absolutely. And this will tie in a little bit with that recovering HR executive you touched upon earlier. But my background, I've been an HR executive for about 18 years in a whole host of industries, uh, mainly startup, but I had my fair share of much larger companies um, that were in different stages of their life cycle. But tech, biotech, fintech, financial services, I was fortunate enough to spend some time overseas as well and working with the State Department and Department of Justice on on different aspects of of culture and human rights overseas as well. And um, came back to the States in 2013 after having lived overseas for about three and a half years and went right back into the thick of things, picked up my career, although I told myself I was going to take it easy, not work 75, 80 hours a week. Um, not jump right back into it like I did. And that lasted for all of about four months. And I was right back in it. Uh, I loved the work that I was doing, helping organizations really build these amazing cultures, whether they were going through times of transformation or whether it was internal growth or acquisitions or post acquisitions. And um, decided along that path about three years ago that I wanted to branch out on my own and really create or curate a life that allowed me to focus on my passions, do what I love doing, really being authentic in how I was living my life and intentionally designing it, Uh, but still being able to do the work that I love to do and give back in that capacity. And so went out on my own and uh, stayed in touch with a close friend and former colleague, Jamie Jacobs. And that's how we got together and formed uh, Gig Talent, which you had touched upon earlier. And Gig Talent really is a, a modern talent agency. So we're a collective that allows others who are on that journey that I talked about myself being on as well 
going from whether it's in-house work or corporate work to really being a consultant and creating the life that they want to live, doing the work that they love to do. And we focus on HR consultants, business strategy consultants. Um, we have some operations consultants as well. And then a lot of leadership coaches, all designed in the vein of helping organizations achieve that amazing culture, have really strong leaders um, in the process as well. So it's, it's definitely a journey and one that I, I write about actually, it's the, the beginning chapter of, of the uh, Designing Exceptional Organizational Cultures. It's one of the first chapters that Jamie and I wrote was our own story, our own journey to get us to this point in time. So let's talk a little bit about um, with organizations and ultimately organizations are uh, a combination of their people um, and with a set set of guidelines. And when we talk about corporate culture and developing a corporate culture, tell, tell us a little bit about what's involved in that for anyone listening. Um, that's either they have a culture that they inherited or they're maybe starting off and they want to ensure that they're taking the right steps to, to lay the proper uh, foundation for, um, I would say, a healthy culture. Absolutely. And you're spot on. Regardless of whether they know it or not, there is always a culture, right? Good or bad, there is a culture that exists. Um, and the way that we define culture is really thinking about it as the intersection of values, actions, and behaviors, Right. Think about it as the rules of engagement. How do you want employees to interact with each other, to interact with customers and clients as well? And so one of the foundational elements, at least in our opinion, of any culture are your values. Right. I think of them really as the foundation of a house. If you build strong values and if you have a strong foundation of a house, then you can continue to build up, up and up. And if there was ever a change that came across your way, as we know, take the pandemic, for example, right? Mm -hmm. If it's built on a solid foundation, anything can happen to those four walls, that's okay. Uh, but who you are at your core stays the same. And so we really take those values and infuse them throughout all aspects of culture so that you're living them, you're making decisions based on those values. And that's whether you're at an employee level or at a CEO level. Right. How you are leaning into those values is really key. Um, and then how you pull that thread all the way through, how you compensate employees, how you recognize employees, your leadership development opportunities as well. In addition to values, I would say leadership is really important when looking at culture and wanting to build a strong culture. Uh, one of the things we talk about in the book is starting with self-awareness as a leader right? How are we showing up? And as we think about our impact versus intent, that is saying something, whether we think it is or not. And our teams are taking cues from us and employees are watching. Um, and and we're, we're very deliberate in making sure we started out with, with um, leadership and self-awareness in that aspect, because it's one of the areas we have routinely seen derail a culture. Um, this whole concept of do as I say, not as I do. So um, when you talk about awareness, and I, you know, that's yeah. a big part of my book. I often talk a little bit about the beginning, you know, and I often say, you know, our leadership story sometimes begins well before we realize it. So I think about myself and uh, my kind of sweet spot is talking about authenticity 
being connected to yourself, having awareness. And I think about where that came from. And culturally, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago and grew up in a little small village um, with a lot of really fundamental, uh, some East Indian values, some uh, combination of a small little unit and very, very interconnected extended family. And one thing that I noticed um, quite early is that when people were disconnected, how it impacted me and my capacity to be able to kind of function within that system. So what I'm wondering with you is, what, what's your leadership story? Exactly as you said, I think it starts long before we actually recognize it. Uh, for me, my background is East Indian as well. And, and my parents came to the US when I was two. My dad you know, had a job here in Arizona is where I grew up. And really for me, it was watching how I grew up, which was very different from those around me. I mean, there was this push-pull to a degree, mm -hmm. right, of East Indian values and the traditional aspect of an East Indian culture living in America mm -hmm. uh, and, and what that really looked like. And we had a close-knit group of family friends that I grew up with, their values and ideals much the same way. Um, and I think for me, that's where it started. And then watching my parents, right? my dad go to work every morning, my mom work to get another degree and then go to work and have a career, take care of the house, take care of the kids and, and really be there for us when we needed it. Watching my dad um, start his own company, even when he was working full time, right? Have an employee come over to the house in the evenings and really work uh, to make his other company a success. And and I think for me, that's where it started, really this concept of it's never easy, but it's always worth it at the right. end of the day. Right, absolutely. And, and I think it also for me happened when I lived in Nepal. Um, mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to live in Nepal for about two years and living in Kathmandu in a city where you see, I think, the harsher side of life in many regards, but in a people who are so loving and so caring and will give you the shirt off their back and, and how you show up in that environment and, and who you are. Um, I think I learned a lot about leadership in, in that environment as well and brought that back to who I am today because I was an adult when I went through those experiences. Do you find that a lot of leaders that you work with or that you've been exposed to are willing to go back that far? Like what we're talking about is rudimentary elements that started well before we were aware of what we were going to do for a living, right? Before I be decided to become a psychotherapist and you decided to go into HR consulting, you know, values get formulated, right? You know, so they, whether it's um, watching your dad work really hard and start a business and myself with my, my dad, for instance. Um, so my, my history is that was uh, from the Caribbean Indian, the, a lot of Indians went to Trinidad as indentured laborers, right? Mm -hmm. And then I saw my dad kind of go up the ranks um, to become a CEO, one of the first East Indian men at that level in the mm -hmm. islands, because there was still obviously and still exists a lot of colonialism at that time. So again, formulating uh, at a child, not realizing that by osmosis, I was kind of taking these things in and, you know, starting to kind of implement um, a lot of things because my dad is probably as, as authentic as you can get. But but he could, you know, he could lead just by his presence was something that I felt very, very fortunate to have grown up around and also mm -hmm. colleagues and things like that. 
with leaders that you may have interfaced with, or even people that are going through, I mean, we're still in the thick of it in 2021. Do you find a lot of leaders are trying to create the space to go to that depth, or are they being reactive to the space of 2020 and 2021? Yeah, I I would say a little bit of both, right? I would say pre-pandemic, there was a lot of reactivity. There was a lot of, this is the situation that has happened. Let's just focus on this. And I think there was less about, uh, less intentionality. Let's put it that way. And I think early pandemic, we probably saw quite a bit of that as well. Uh, and, but I definitely think that there are leaders. There's always going to be exceptions, right? But, but there are leaders who have really taken this last year and a half to figure out who they are and how they want to show up. And I think what's forcing a lot of those discussions are the employee base today. Employees have options. There's a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, we've all seen the articles even recently stating things like, you know, there's a, a, a feeling that about 40% of employees will resign or calling it the great resignation because there are opportunities available. There are uh, people have realized they want to work differently. And I think in that, we're forcing leaders to gain a level of self-awareness that they may not have had before, to really look at how they're showing up as a leader and how those early experiences, or even just a a catastrophic experience, even if they don't want to go back all the way to childhood, but how an event in their life has sparked who they are as a leader. And honestly, it's never too late to change that. It's never too late to add new tools to that tool belt at the end of the day. Um, But I am noticing an uptick in coaching and executive coaching. And I think that's where a lot of it is stemming from. How can an individual show up differently or as a better version of themselves um, in this environment? Not when quarterly, when you're attending the the board meetings uh, to report to the board, but really how does that translate out day in, day out? And, you know, looking at values, right? Because we started the conversation about looking at, like you said, values and how that translates into the behavior. What I love about what you're saying, Hema, is that, you know, we used to believe that, you know, it's, you know, it came one way, it either came from the top down to flow through, but you talked a little bit of a, you know, a, a lovely concept, which is if I, if we truly really live within our values, it doesn't matter what level of the organization you are, because you understand the core fundamentals that create the foundation. So whether you're the person that's um, answering the phone um, or even your, if you're external facing and you're um, the one that's the first person that the customer sees all the way up to behind the house kind of ends of things. If you're, Working from the same value system, there's an affinity regardless if you're the, the senior suite or all the way to the front line. And what it also allows is for a difference of opinion, right? And that's okay because we're showing, we're bringing diversity to that table. We're showing diversity in thought as well. But what we're really saying is we don't always all have to agree, but we're doing it from a place of the same values in a very respectful way, in a very honest way. And I think that is also what employees are looking for today in a leader in an organization. Uh, What I'll also add to that is I don't think that it it matters what your title is to show up as a leader. I think that's often a misconception for so many people. I don't have manager in my title or vice president or director or 
countless other versions of this level or this arbitrary title, that anybody at any level within an organization can show up as a leader. It is all about not only those values, but those leadership traits that you bring to the table and making sure that your actions and behaviors are really aligned with what you're saying. That doesn't, that has no bearing on your level within an organization. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and say, I completely agree with you. (laughs) The title of my book is called ROR, Return on Relationships, which I completely believe that if you focus on that, the bottom, the ROI takes care of itself. So I would say that um, the level of awareness really would be indicative of uh, the the culture. So if if I'm coming from kind of the old autocratic top-down perspective on leadership, I'm going to be a bit diametrically opposed to that perspective. But if I'm coming from an, you know, an authoritarian, authoritative kind of open um, values, equal actions and equal alignment, you know, so those are two completely different worlds. I think you're right. I think we're kind of seeing, and I think this time it was there before, but the, the last couple, obviously I would say 14, 16 months has put it that the first one of the core fundamentals that us as consumers, regardless, is that we want to feel trusting of the companies that we're dealing with. And I think that's what's why we're seeing, like you said, a lot more executive coaching, a lot more leaders saying, wow, I'm, I'm being held to a higher standard now. I always knew I should achieve it, but now it's not, it's now like I, I almost can't negotiate with it because people can go elsewhere because, you know, like you said, there's so much opportunities for the talent out there today. Absolutely. And I think the other thing we've really noticed, I mean, it was always there, but again, these last, you know, 14, 18 months have brought it out. People are always watching, right? They're taking their cues from leadership. So how an executive behaved over these last 14, 16, 18 months is indicative of their behavior going forward. And I think employees are are really starting to say, is that who I want to be associated with? Is that who I want to learn from and and develop, you know, other skills, looking at them as a a kind of a model or a role model. And I think Mm -hmm. as leaders, we're starting to say, oh man, people really are watching. And I think it's time that I evolve who I am. You're always going to have the outliers, 100%. Mm-hmm. And in, in some instances, that has worked for, for those individuals. It has worked for their organizations. And there's always a place for that. I think it's about how who we want to be, not only as an individual, but who our company needs to be in order to continue surviving and thriving. Because while hopefully we won't see another pandemic, there will inevitably be another crisis. Right. Our business will face something along the way. And how much um, how prepared are we to handle that moving forward? And that relies on our leadership abilities. So I want to, you know, and I know we're almost at time, but I want to talk a little bit about the the new book, uh, because I think that's important. I love the title, first of all. So I, I think I know what it's about, but I would like to know what is an everyday leader? Yeah, yeah. So so the book is called The Everyday Leader. And the premise behind it is my husband and I wrote it together, which let me tell you about a testament to a relationship. If you can get through writing a book together and uh, looking at public. Is it as bad as uh, doing wallpaper together? Ooh, wallpaper may win, actually. <laughs> I think wallpaper wins, as do remodels in the home. Um, but, but it was such a fun project for us to do together. He had retired from the Marine Corps 
a few years ago. And last year, we, as everybody else was thinking about leadership, and it was really top of mind. And we see it a lot, especially in the work that we do with our clients. And we just started talking about how the Marine Corps, right from day one, when you go into boot camp, they talk about the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits and how they're further instilled throughout the rest of your time in the Marine Corps. And for him, he had been in for 23 years, as I said, and how that showed up every day in every way, regardless, again, of where you were in your own leadership journey. And we just started thinking about that concept. And for me, what brought to mind for me is 18 years in business, thinking about how I wish I would have thought about leadership in that same way when I had started out my career versus mm -hmm. thinking about it, I need to get that title because then people will see me as a leader. Mm -hmm. And really thinking about how do we bring that concept to light for so many, especially in an age where I think we're craving leadership and I think we're showing up as leaders in everything we do. And so that is the everyday leader. The everyday leader is somebody who, whether you're in the boardroom, whether you're running an organization, or whether you are president of your PTA, your kid's soccer coach, you are a leader in every way. And how you show up is just as important in that boardroom as it is on that field. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's so funny that you'd say that because I would say that the most of the authentic leaders, and I, I, I interviewed a fair amount of them for my book, Hema, they said um, that they are the same person regardless of where they are, whether they're in the boardroom, whether they're out at the, like the hockey rink or the mm -hmm. soccer a pitch with their child, or whether they're, um, you know, volunteering at an organization, they are Hema, they are Roxanne. And you know, whoever they are as a leader, it's not, they're not different in different systems within their life. So that's, that's uh, fundamentally, it's, it sounds like an amazing book. So I would love for people to be able to get a hold of it. I know it's coming uh, soon. So tell us a little bit about where they can get it and where people can get a hold of you if they're interested in knowing more about gig talent as well. Absolutely. So in terms of gig talent, our website is the best place, which is www.gogigtalent.com. Uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well um, and follow our gig talent page on LinkedIn. And in terms of the books, both The Everyday Leader and uh, Designing Exceptional Organizational Cultures, both are available wherever books are sold. Um, and The Everyday Leader will be released in August, towards the end of August, but is available for pre-sale on Amazon today. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. So what am I walking away with? I'm walking away with the fact that think of your story. And think of the fundamentals, uh, you know, like Hema said, she, there were so many very different variables for her and being in Kathmandu, just witnessing uh, certain things, she came back and she implemented or, you know, kind of integrated that into her leadership. So as a leader, think about it. If you feel like, I don't feel like I'm in alignment, start to think about why is it that I wanted to lead? whether it's to be the best soccer coach there is for your kid's soccer team or the best uh, volunteer um, at, you know, the Boys and Girls Club that you are. Whatever it is, think about why am I leading the way I am and is it in, line, in alignment with my values and I, why is that not translating out into my actions? 
spend that time. Just a bit of awareness gives you a sense of where you are. And then in turn, it, it gives you some next steps. So again, thanks again, Hema, for being here. And if you're needing any information on authentic leadership, uh, please uh, connect with me at RoxanneDurhodge.com. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit RoxanneDurhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.